Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rob Scheinberg, Rabbi of United Synagogue of Hoboken, New Jersey. And today we're studying Psachim Daf Kaftet, Psachim page 29 A and B. And we'll focus on one item on today's page that's a distinctive feature of Talmud study that may be well known to those of us who are very familiar with the Talmud but may be surprising to those who are relatively new to Talmud study. And even for those of us who are very conversant in the Talmud, it still can be surprising. Our subject matter is Chametz Shavar Alav HaPesach. What happens to Chametz, to leavened products, upon the conclusion of Pesach? The Mishnah on the previous page, 28, told us that it's forbidden to benefit from Chametz that was owned by a Jew during Pesach whereas there is no such restriction on chametz that was owned by a non-Jew during Pesach. Then at the very bottom of page 28b, we ask the question, Mani Manitim, whose Mishnah is this? Or which Tana is responsible for having recited this Mishnah? Or with which Tanaitic opinion is this Mishnah in accord? And we have three possibilities that were all presented on the previous page. Our Mishnah could be from or in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda who holds that chametz is forbidden according to the Torah, not only during Pesach itself, but also during the few hours before Pesach actually begins, and after the conclusion of Pesach also. It's just that during Pesach itself, the penalty for ownership of chametz increases from being a mere lav, a negative commandment. It increases to the level of karet, excision of one's soul. But the Gemara says, this seems unlikely. Irabi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda appears to hold that chametz is forbidden to a Jew after Pesach, even if it had been owned by a non-Jew during Pesach. So we raise a second possibility, that our Mishnah could be in accordance with Rabbi Shimon, who holds that, Mida according to the Torah itself, the prohibition of chametz applies only to Pesach itself. And immediately before Pesach, and immediately after, soon after Pesach, there is no such prohibition. But this also seems unlikely. Because Rabbi Shimon appears not to believe in the concept of the prohibition of Chametz Shavar Lav HaPesach. Rabbi Shimon appears to hold that once Pesach is over, Chametz is permitted, no matter whose possession it was in during Pesach, even if it had been in a Jew's possession during Pesach. So, we raise a third possibility. Our Mishnah could be in accordance with Rabbi Yosei Haglili, who holds that during Pesach itself, it may be forbidden to eat chametz, but it's not necessarily forbidden to derive benefit from chametz in ways other than eating it. But this also seems unlikely. Because if Rabbi Yossi Haglili permits deriving benefit from chametz on Pesach itself, we would expect all the more so that he would permit deriving benefit from chametz after the conclusion of Pesach. So, it looks like our Mishnah is not in accordance with any of these three Tanaim. 
But the Gemara is, as we may know, reluctant to come to any conclusion unless it has absolutely no choice but to come to a conclusion. So now various Amoraim will endeavor to show how, in fact, our Mishnah could have been in accordance with each of the Tanaim. And the first of these Amoraim to step up is Rav Achaba Yaakov, who says, Le'olam Rabbi Yehudahi. In fact, our Mishnah is in accordance with the view of Rabbi Yehuda. He makes an inference from the biblical reference to the prohibition of leaven may not be seen for you. It's in Exodus chapter 13. Just as the Torah prohibits you from seeing your own chametz, but does not prohibit you from seeing other people's chametz, or seeing God's chametz, or sanctified uh, uh, temple sanctified chametz, so similarly, Rabbi Huda holds that the Torah only prohibits you from eating your own chametz, and does not prohibit you from eating other people's chametz, or God's chametz. Now, if you think about this idea, this is a remarkably provocative idea. That if this were halacha l'ma'aseh, if this were actual traditional Jewish practice, it would make keeping kosher for Pesach a very different experience from what those of us who observe Pesach are accustomed to. And Rashi, in his commentary, the Alif Se'or Da'achila, notes how radical this is. As Rashi writes, Umutar chemtso shel nochri af ba'achila v'afilu be'Pesach min ha'Torah. That is... Rav Bar Yaakov held the opinion that according to Rabbi Yehuda, according to the Torah, it is completely permitted for a Jew to eat the chametz of a non-Jew during Pesach itself. This appears to mean that Rav Bar Yaakov held that if Rabbi Yehuda had been invited to his non-Jewish friend's home during Pesach, then, at least mid-oraita according to the Torah, it would have been perfectly permissible for him to eat his friend's chametz during Pesach. Now, from the perspective of actual practice of the observance of Pesach, this is an outlandish idea that we might expect would just be rejected out of hand, that you can eat chametz when you're invited to an, uh, the home of a non-Jew. But it is remarkable that the Gemara and Rashi appear to be unfazed by this idea. Now, later on, on Amud Bet, on page B of our page, the Gemara will conclude, Elahadar be Ravacha Bar Yaakov, that Ravacha Bar Yaakov changed his mind about Rabbi Huda's position. But for technical reasons, not because of how crazy it is. And the Tosafot also does challenge Ravacha Bar Yaakov's understanding of Rabbi Huda's position. But once again, it challenges those that idea for reasons of technical inconsistency and not because of its general bizarreness. For example, Tosavot asks, well, what really would it mean for a Jew to eat a non-Jew's chametz during Pesach? How could we imagine such a situation? Let's say it's a situation of the Jew being a guest at the home of a non-Jew and getting served the chametz. Well, wouldn't the chametz become the property of the Jew as soon as it is served to him or her, or at least as soon as he or she eats it? But what I find remarkable is that this is one among many, many, many demonstrations of our tradition's willingness when we enter the Talmud style of discourse to consider any idea, no matter how intuitively unusual it is. And every idea deserves to be judged on its own merits. An idea should get rejected not when we have just a vague sense that they don't sound quite right, but rather they should get rejected when we're actually able to demonstrate that they are incorrect. 
And that's one lesson for us today from Psachim Daf Kaftet. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.